0: Episode 123, The Battlefield. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo.
1: And Tony DiLorenzo.
0: And we are recording this on Sunday, so we want to wish a happy father's day to all of the fathers out there um, in our listening audience for those of you that have been dads for a long time and we know we have a lot of new fathers and fathers to be um, happy father's day to all of you It's yeah. a special day
1: hopefully you had an awesome awesome day we uh, I got out actually this morning for a quick bike ride after a really long bike ride yesterday and I'm getting back into my riding so those of you who remember from years when we first started to go, um, really into riding. And my buddy Nick died, and I forget what episode that was. but about a year ago. Yeah, not about not a, year a year ago. ago. But uh, from the time Nick died until about six weeks ago, I only got on my bike maybe all of like three times. So almost a year that I just didn't have it in me. And so I'm getting back on and enjoying it. And this morning was one of those times for me to get out with a buddy of mine who bonked a bit yesterday. So it was fun (laughs) to be out on on the bike with him. Then we did church this morning. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, we did brunch, Mm -hmm. which took a long time. So we were all really hungry. And then we came home, chilled for a while. And it was really hot here where we live in Poway. So we decided, you know what, let's just go skip on over to the beach. It's a a Sunday. It's Father's Day. And we ended up getting to the beach, and it was probably 15 degrees cooler. At least. At least. I mean, it was overcast. The waves were crummy. There was a rip current going on at our favorite beach. So it was just... uh, That sort of put the damper on it. We were there for about an hour and a half, and we were done. And that's what we've done today and I hope you've had a wonderful day whatever you guys have done if you don't have kids with with your own dad for Elise and I our folks are away from where we live so we just gave them each a call and mm-hmm. said hello and wished them a happy father's Day
0: yeah heard about everything that's going on with them and and uh, you know Father's Day is one of those holidays that um, evokes a lot of emotions eo mm-hmm. you know, because some of us have had very good relationships with our dad and some of us have had not-so-great or even non-existent relationships with our dad. And, and, you know, as we look at our marriages, um, that relationship with our dad, be you the husband or the wife, really does impact your marital relationship, how you relate to each other, what you saw modeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as a child, you know, so growing up, who was your dad? You know, and so we're going to talk tonight... Um, about the battlefield Mm
1: -hmm.
0: about what's going on in marriages today and the battles that are taking place with all of the um attacks on marriage and on men in marriage um so that's really that's where the title came from and i'm really tying it in with with father's day and just how important and vital that role is the man's role is in marriage and family and um yeah, I mean, we heard a great sermon this morning. Um, Pastor Harry Keel, the, uh, had one of the senior pastors at the church at Rancho Bernardo, where we attend. And, and it was partly the catalyst for this episode uh, because he was so impassioned about the role of fathers. And, you know, as I'm sitting there and I'm listening and I'm taking notes, and, and he comes out, you know, this one line just like jumped off, you know, or jumped out of his mouth at me. And he's like, you know, guys, you got to be a husband first. That, you know, it's Father's Day, but you, you've got to, you know, love and cherish and honor and, and respect that woman with whom you made children. Right. You know, instead of being daddy first or instead of being, you know, the best employee, the best business owner, the best whatever else, you got to look at your bride and say, I'm going to be your best husband. That's my role in this marriage.
1: That's right. And in our first in our first book, Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage, the first key, we call it from the top down. And the reason we call it that is because we believe, and we've seen it in our own marriage, and we've seen it in many marriages over the years, that we can be pretty darn screwed up on what our priorities are in our marriage. And it should be God... Your spouse, kids, work, other activities. And at times, that gets jumbled up. And many of you can probably relate. You know? When you start putting those kids in front of your spouse, the tension that starts rising. Or one spouse has just plowed himself into work. Mm -hmm. And how that just, you can start feeling yourself just... Falling away from God and falling away from your spouse and falling away from your kids. Or somebody like myself. And I've done all of these. Believe me, I've been there so I can talk mm-hmm. from it. Or like myself, when I was so into cycling, so into cycling, that other activity. I mean, I would leave my house at 5 a.m. And I would not be back home until 2 a.m. On a, or 2 p.m., I should say, on a Saturday. Right, And then I'd have to recover and recoup and try to just wind down from a stressful day on the bike and long miles and heat and traffic and buddies and everything. I had nothing to give. And then I would get up on a Sunday and I'd go out and do a couple more hours. And then I would ride another couple of times during the week. I was really messed up. And I know looking back now how that truly impacted my time with Elisa, the intimacy, the entire, all the intimacy, not just sexual or physical, but that spiritual and the financial and the emotional. So, you know, there, there's a battlefield out there that we guys are on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're, we're on this. And I'm going to read from Ephesians 6:10 through 18. This is the, the uh, NIV version. It's called the armor of God. And I truly believe there have been many times in my walk with Christ that I have had to just dive into this because I was so beat down and I could just feel everything coming at me from every single angle. And to this day, that still happens. To this day, it still happens. So I'm going to read this. Finally. of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people
0: Mm, powerful powerful And and it's true I mean Tony and I both you know he talks about how um you know he's been all consumed in fitness and it's true you know there were times when he was cycling and I just oh I resented that bike You know, my kids would wake up on Saturday and Sunday mornings and, you know, being home with them Monday through Friday, and especially because this happened more when the kids were younger, you know, so I'm home with the kids Monday through Friday and then Saturday would come and I'm home with the kids on Saturday because, you know, they'd come into my bedroom and wake me up. Where's daddy? Daddy's on his bike. (laughs) He'll be home after lunch, you know, and so there was really no family time and, and I've got, you know, girlfriends who I hear, you know, their husbands are doing the same thing with work, you know, and. Guys, this is not, you know, we know as women that one of your roles is to be provider. You know, I mean, the Bible talks about the, the husband being a provider. You know, that, that, is, that is a biblical um, mandate, I guess. That might be too strong a word. But, but there is that kind of wiring for men to be a, the provider for their families. Yet it can be taken too far you know when it becomes all consuming when you forget just how much how important the relationship is because you're so worried about making sure that every financial want is met i mean there's one thing you know when you're going out and you're working to meet the needs you know roof over the head roof over yeah roof over their heads food on the table but when you're you know meeting all the wants but not spending any time with them that that's when it starts to break down. Your family wants to spend time with you. Your wife wants to go on dates with you. Your kids want to throw the ball with you. They want to see you on the sidelines at their ball games. They want to they want to know that dad's going to be there at the spring program or at, you know, the Cub Scout promotion or you know, the daddy daughter dance, whatever those things are. Your kids want to know that you're going to be there. But more importantly your wife wants to know that you're going to be there. She wants to know that she's not going to be the quote unquote single mom for those activities because you're out working, you're out exercising, you're out doing something else that changes the priority of the family. You know, she wants she wants you. You know, when we say I do to each other, it's not you know, I do kind of most uh, sort sortly you know, part of the time. <laughs> you know, when I stood up and said I do to Tony and I, you know, we've talked before about how, you know, we didn't realize what we were saying at 22 and 23, just how big that commitment really was going to be mm-hmm. or how big that commitment is. You know, but now, you know, it's like I was telling the kids today, you know, your dad is a man of his word. You know, if if dad says that he's going to be there, pretty much the only thing that's going to keep him from being there is if there's like, you know, an accident on the freeway that he can't get around. Mm -hmm. You know, Tony makes it to the kids games. He might be late, but he's there. You know, I don't you know, or if we've got conflicts, one of us is always at the kids games. You know, we work those things out, so the kids know that they're important. But more importantly, are things like date night. You know, our June is just a crazy, busy month um, between birthdays and travel and end of the school year. It's just something that, you know, there aren't a lot of days available for date night.
1: And, and this in this month as well, elisa has gone for three or four days, five, five nights, days. yeah. I'm, Alex and I are going to our men's retreat. That's another weekend. Mm -hmm. Then the following weekend. So now we're into July. Into July. We have our marriage retreat. So we got a number of things going on this month. On top of that, I've launched another business. Mm -hmm. You know, so we got things that are just, that are just happening. And so we understand the craziness of life and then raising the kids and, and everything that happens. And so, one thing I will have to say that has really helped, and it's something we mentioned. We started a small group on Strip Down Again at our church, and we've mentioned it to you guys again, and folks have been emailing us about it. It's also important, it's the state of the marriage, mm-hmm. it, it's taking a half an hour. Maybe an hour. It might mean taking an hour. I don't know if you need an hour that first time because I know for myself, when it gets the long duration, you just start to do this slow fade and your eyes just glaze over. So you're just like, uh, but half an hour state of the marriage conversation. It's one of those things where you guys got to bring this up to each other Mm -hmm. and start talking about these issues We hear it time and time again, and we may sound like broken records, but I'm going to continue to tell you this. It needs to be done. It needs to be done. And if you don't know where to start, if you go on com, you can go into the resources tab, and we have 77 questions to get the conversation started. That will allow you to ask questions of each other that you can answer and start breaking down these walls that are in between you that are causing you angst that are causing you to get you know get through this battlefield together
0: oh absolutely and you know i mean you've just briefly touched on our small group and We will not talk anything specifically about them because, just you know, it's a privacy issue. But what I do want to say about them is that these couples have all the men in these couples, and I'm I'm going to single them out just because of the topic tonight. But they've all made a commitment to their wives to participate in the small group, and that's one way to get through this battlefield.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, we've got this group of men. And women who are taking time out of their summer.
1: Mm -hmm. Hour and a half, eight weeks.
0: For eight weeks to work on the intimacy in their marriage. Are their wives thrilled that they're there? Absolutely. Do they all come with baggage? Absolutely. We come with baggage into this group. I mean, you know, we blow them away the first session every year because we're like, well, here's who the DeLorenzo's are. And, you know, some of you that have been longtime listeners, you know the baggage that we've carried. Um, If you don't, Some of our early episodes, episode four, episode seven will really give you kind of the synopsis, Um, but it's sprinkled throughout the last two years, plus years podcasting. But the reality is, is that these guys are willing to share, right? Yeah. They're willing to say their wives, you know what? We're going to do this. I I I commit to you for this eight weeks. That's huge in a marriage. When both partners say, I commit to doing something to grow our marriage, whether it's a small group, whether it's going to counseling, whether it's, you know, saying, you know, we're going to do a devotional, or we're going to go for a walk one night a week, and that's just going to be our time, or we're going to make date night. So, the, okay, I was talking about date night. I'm coming back to date night. So, June's crazy month. And so, I get, you know, Tony and I have been trying to figure out, we're like, when are we going to get date night in? And it was one of those things where the calendars just kept getting shifted. And so, um Friday afternoon, I get a phone call from Tony. Hey, you think we can get the sitter tonight? (laughs) I think we can squeeze in a date night before, you know, next week. We've got things going on two out of, you know, three or four of the nights. And then you're gone and I'm gone and, you know, this whole kind of thing. And I said, yeah, you know, let me call the sitter. And so get the sitter. Um, She comes over. We figure out where we're going in San Diego. Like we've got a couple beach cities that we love to go to. Our
1: favorite being Encinitas. We
0: we really do enjoy Encinitas. Yeah, um, just a great walking area. Area we can go down. Um, so we get down there, and it's not my night, or yeah, it's not my month to plan date night. But I've gotten the sitter, um, which lesson number one that we've learned. I thought Tony had the sitter's number. He does not, so I I need to hand that over to him.
1: Yeah. And let our sitter know that I'm going to have it.
0: Right. And I did tell her that the other day. Um, Good. But we get down there and it's like, well, where are we going to eat? And I mean, you guys have heard us talk enough about date night that the DiLorenzo should not have been having this conversation. It was actually kind of comical that we were having the conversation because it was the whole, I don't know, what are you, what are you in the mood for? And there right. were just all these, you know, so many neat little restaurants that we haven't tried in Encinia, So We're like, oh, what well, do you feel like going there? You know, that kind of thing. And so we literally walked up and down the strip and... um you know, it was one of those things that really kind of made us think, okay, you know, we're really not practicing what we preach here. But it turned out really well because we ended up at this restaurant called, was it called The Barracuda?
1: You know, I can't for the life of me remember the name of the place.
0: I think it was called The Barracuda.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a wonderful little place that uh, we ended up. Great food, really cool ambiance. It wasn't loud inside. And so... Yeah. You know, and the reason this works for us, though, even though, you know, I should have been taking the lead. I I was the one. It was my date night, and I realized that. The reason it works for us now, after all these years, is because we were just at a point where it was just like, let's just go see what's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, years ago, that would have frustrated both of us. Because it was where we were at in our marriage. It was the, why didn't you take responsibility for this date night? And that is truth. You know, there are going to be times in your marriage, and it may be right now where you are in your marriage, that you want your husband, you want your wife just to take the lead. It may be with date night. It may be with sex.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know? And you got to work through those, and you have to plan them out. So that way, you guys are both on the same page, and you don't get on a date night and get frustrated, and it gets completely sidetracked and derailed, because one of you didn't take the lead. For Elisa and I, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, for us, it was sort of like, well, I took the lead and just said, hey, let's make this happen. And once we got there, it was more of, hey, we want to walk around. We walked, you know, we sort of, oh, look at that restaurant over there. Walked to one restaurant. Notice it was crazy. Way too many kids. <laughs> I mean, way. That
0: that, that one right there. It was like, oh, this yeah, is date yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, Get away yeah. from the kids.
1: Way too many kids. I mean, they're like running around. I'm like, no, not going to do that. You know, and then there are just some, there's another sort of like a South American fusion. There was another one we saw an Asian one. Yeah. And then we just sort of happened around and we're like, oh, you know, we've seen that that restaurant a few times and we happened to stop by, looked at the menu, we're like, wow, this looks fantastic. And it worked for us.
0: And you can have those dates where you're like, you know what, we're just going to see where life takes us. Um, and you can have all these hidden treasures. Mm-hmm. But there are huge battlefields going on in marriages because one spouse is carrying a disproportionate share of the load. Right. Be it when it comes to your bedroom and who's initiating or be it on date night or be it on household responsibilities and, and you know, this is not to single out male female, you know, cuz I know all different marriages have all different roles, responsibilities, reversals, things like that, but it's just to say look at your marriage and say is is one of us carrying too much of the load here? You know, do I expect him or her to do this and this and this and this and this and you know, and then on top of that I want them to, you know, initiate in the bedroom and I can't figure out why that's not happening. Somebody might be burned out in your marriage, or they might just be really um overwhelmed or resentful with those expectations.
1: And Elise and I have been there in the past.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: We have so oh, been there. That, it's been ugly. Yeah. Where it's just It's so frustrating. You can't even get to dinner and have a good time because you're just seething. And then when you get your check, you're like, my goodness, I could have just sat at home.
0: Well, or or, and I'm even talking to you just even in the home. I'm not even necessarily on date night. Yeah. But, you know, when the kids were younger and you, you know, you weren't as involved with the kids. And so it was like, well, yeah, I'm making dinner. Of course, you know, the kids are younger. So you've got somebody hanging off of you somewhere. Or crying or napping or something. Mm -hmm. And then, well, now the dishes need to be done and bath time needs to be done and the stories need to be done. And Tony's like, yeah, okay, we'll get that done. Why are these kids still up? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, you know, I'd crawl into bed. He's like, well, let's, you know, let's have sex. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in you. And then when we started really to put a focus on intimacy, all intimacies, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not just talking about sex. But, you know, really discussing what was going on in our marriage, suddenly I've got a husband that does dishes. Didn't know he did, you know. I mean, like he would do dishes before. But now he does that. You know, I take the garbage cans out the night before the, gar- you know, the garbage man comes. And if I'm really lucky and I'm in the garage on garbage day, the g- nice garbage man will bring them up to the house for me so I don't have to bring them up to the house. That's just a little side joke. But, yeah. um, but you know, we start- we've started sharing the responsibilities because our, our intimacy needs are being met. So the other obligations that we have as a family, as a couple, as husband and wife, those over the last couple of years have really kind of sorted themselves out. Does that mean that sometimes there's an imbalance? Absolutely. Part of that's just being involved with another person you know, they have different needs. You know, Tony's been staying up late working on all this kind of stuff. And, you know, so one of his Father's Day presents, you know, I was, I didn't quite get it done, but was, I was like, I'm going to get all the laundry done on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Because we usually do laundry over the course of the weekend and then it's got to fold it. And there's like one little basket of clothes left, which usually on a Sunday night could still be the mound of laundry. And I was just like, no, you know what? He usually picks up a lot of the laundry responsibility on the weekends and I'm just going to get this done for him. I know he wants to ride this weekend. That's what he wants to do. It's his weekend. It's Father's Day. Okay, so no big deal. Mm -hmm. It ebbs and flows. But that's because our focus is not on keeping track. And this is another challenge in this battlefield that's going on in marriage. And I know there are those of you listening to this podcast that are doing this right now in your marriage. You are keeping track of who does what every day. Well, I did this. So, you know, you owe me one. Or I did this, this, and this for you today. So you owe me.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you're the scorekeeper.
0: You are the scorekeeper. And I'm going to challenge you right now to stop. Because you want to destroy your marriage, keep score.
1: Yeah, something that we did the we, time. We've done
0: it. I, guys, I, I don't tell you these things because I've never done it and it's all hypothetical. I, I had, you know, like this huge scorebook log in my head. Well, I did this. Why is he still giving me grief? Because I did, you know, and I'd, I'd make sure he knew. Well, Tony, I did this today. And I did this and this and this. Right. So, you know, you ought to at least do X, Y, and Z.
1: Right. And this battlefield we're on, it's it's a battlefield of marriage. You know, they're, they're outside forces. You guys have heard us talk so much about external issues that come up that are attacking our marriages. And what our prayer is for you is that when you step onto this battlefield each morning that you wake up, that you're on that battlefield together. That you're hand in hand, you're arm in arm. You know, you got your spouse's back. Mm -hmm. You would take a bullet for your spouse. I would in a heartbeat. I, I would take a, I would take a, I'd take a lot of them. Do whatever I have to do to save my wife, you know, and that's where we want you to be. That's where we want you to get. And to do that, you got to take a step forward today. You got to take a step in the right direction. You can listen to this podcast all you want, Mm -hmm. but if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. No change is going to happen the battlefield you enter into you will be separated the devil will win and your marriage will be destroyed it's just that's what it is you know and some of you are going no we're gonna we're gonna pick up we're gonna we're gonna get on this field together
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know we're gonna take up we're gonna put the armor of God on together we're gonna right. fight together and we commend you For those of you that are standing aside and you're going, I don't know, well, you just pick up your armor and you go give it to your spouse and you go, look it, we got a battle to fight, but I'm going to do it with you. So let's do it. Mm -hmm. And you start, might be with that state of the marriage talk for some of you. And we've been hearing this a lot since our seven days of sex challenge book has come out for a lot of you that has really impacted you. In many ways, Mm -hmm. because not only are you getting physical with each other and learning some new stuff physically, you know, you don't have this massive breakdown of emotional intimacy. You know, it's just very surfacey, Right. And by going through the seven days of sex challenge, it's, it's breaking that wide open for you, Mm -hmm. you know, emotional, sexual, and then some of the spiritual aspect is starting to really start seeping in there for you. So you could be in different places, you know? You could be in different ruts. They're not all do or die, you know? But the thing is, is that we want you on this field together, fighting for each other. You know, you guys are the team, you know? It's It's not me against her. It's her and I together. We are the team. And we're battling together,
0: right? It's it's the whole you know, um, it's the whole us versus them. You know, don't go into battle against the person sitting across the table from you. The person that you said I do to go into battle against the world. There are enough forces pushing on the two of you, and we Mm -hmm. know because we feel them every day. There are enough distractions out there. There are enough um, temptations. You know, make a decision. Make a decision that your marriage is worth fighting for. That you will do whatever it takes to win this fight. Right. And be prepared to do it for the long haul. There was an article um, in our local paper this week, um, and I saw it, you know, because we had just started our our small group and I thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to share this with them and it's a couple that's been married for 70 years. And the picture... 70. In the pa- yeah.
1: Seven, zero. 70. 70 decades.
0: Um, The picture in the paper of the two of them, they are, you know, just kind of sit there and, and sort of a little bit reclined but they're looking at each other and you can just tell that they are probably as in love with each other today as they were when they first met 70 years ago or married 70 years ago and, you know, they started talking... I about- how
1: much sex they have. 70 years old.
0: Uh, It it didn't say in the article. Yeah. You know, I don't think the reporters... Yeah, anyway. 70
1: years married. I mean, 70 years married. My goodness. Um, Yeah. Wow. I'm just trying to think for myself. I'm like, wow, you know?
0: Where Were you going to be in 70 years? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. But they were talking about, you know, the key to their marriage and just what they did. And they talked about communication. They both talked. About communication and not ridiculing each other and treating each other with respect. And um, the wife, I think her name is Bet or Betty, um, she used a word that we talk about, but I've never seen it used in a couple describing their marriage. And she talked about the devotion mm. that they had to each other. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, okay, you know what? I mean, these two married 70 years. They've been, you know, he was military, they've been around the country and, you know, just traveled and family and whatnot. And here they are and it comes down to communication and devotion, treating mm. each other with respect, being able to make decisions. She did say that in the article that, that they, you know, when it came time for them, when they were faced with a decision, they would just, you know, weigh their options and make a decision and move forward. Mm. You know, they didn't belabor the point and all this kind of, they just, you know, they made decisions, which I think is a lost skill. Um, because we've, you know, we face so many options. We got to like, you know, dabble in everything. No, make a decision, make a decision that your marriage is important, that it's worth fighting for and start fighting today for your marriage.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And so if you are, and you're at this point where you're just like, you know what, Tony and Lisa, we're ready. You know, we just need a little guidance. Well, we have two books for you that you can pick up one is called strip down that's our first book 13 keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage and like we said we lead a small group and you can also i will have a link below but you can go to our page there and we actually did a small group podcast Mm -hmm. and we went over every single key with you in that podcast so you can read the book and you can go over it together for those of you who are like you know what We've been sitting on the sidelines and we want to get on that battlefield of doing a seven days of sex challenge. Mm-hmm. Pick up our book. You can go to seven days And both of those books are available in Kindle at amazon.com. Just put in strip down or seven days of sex. All right. With that being said, that's going to end tonight's topic. Today's topic. We have some emails that we've gone in recently that we want to cover. And like you guys know, If you want to hit us up, let us know what's happening with you, info at marriage.com. You can email that to us. Elisa and I both get those. We both read those. We both pray over you guys, and then we answer. You can also call us in. We'd love to have some call-ins, so we can play them here. Mm 858-876-5663. And so you know that... Just so you guys do know, most of the time when we're getting emails, we're doing it anonymously. We're not mentioning your names. We just feel better that way unless you're okay with it. But anyways, so this first one comes in from one of our guy listeners, and he's been listening to our podcast while he's driving across the country, basically, a long 15-hour, not across the country, I guess, but it's a 15-hour one-way drive, and he goes to say, I'm very interested... And how you and Elisa moved from never having oral sex to her really enjoying it. And there, there's, you know, some more here where it's, it's just not happening in his marriage. And so he's just wanting a little more clarification. How do we get from this point of, you know, we never really had oral sex. I mean, the, the majority of our sex for the longest time was missionary style. Elisa rarely orgasmed them we orgasmed orgasmed. (laughs) what's that word you just said she rarely orgasmed Mm -hmm. Uh, we were always trying for penetration orgasm Mm -hmm. and that didn't work for us so why don't you tell your story on the whole oral sex thing
0: Um, in doing so uh, the first thing I have to admit is that Tony was not my first sexual partner and um, I know shocking everybody you know you yeah, know, jaws are hitting the ground. Um, I think I've shared that before, but if you're a new yeah. listener. Uh, yeah. But so there was a guy before Tony and um, we had sex um, and it was a very bad, the oral sex was a very bad experience for me. Um, part of that had to do with the fact, and I've shared the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility, Um, on this podcast numerous times, I think it should be required reading for every woman, Mm -hmm. Uh, not because you necessarily need to know, you know, how to get pregnant, but because you need to know what your body does on a monthly basis throughout the month because of all the hormone fluctuations and just your body does amazing things all month long because of how we're wired to make babies. But you just need to know about that. And I didn't. And so like, you know, I would have vaginal discharge and things like that, that I just, I was like, what is going on? You know, I'm in college. I'm like, I don't know what my body's doing. You know, nobody, girls don't talk. I mean, we talk, but we don't talk necessarily in detail about that. And so it was just a horrendous experience for me. So here I go. I come into this marriage with all this baggage on oral sex. And, um, yeah. And then Tony and I, like, I mean, not like we just did not have great sex at the start of our marriage. And, you know, as, as we got to the point where trust started to build, um, because that was the other thing, you know, I, I didn't have, even with the, the first guy, um, the, the trust wasn't there. So now I've got trust plus a bad experience leads to just those crazy tapes, negative tapes you play in your head where you're like, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And so Tony would attempt to try it and I'm like, nope, not going there. Don't, don't do it. Not interested. And it really, I don't think it was until we really kind of did our 40 days where it really started to be something where I could, I could conceive of enjoying it. Again, you know, we were talking about this the other night when we were out on a date, you know, part of it is when you're in the intimacy lifestyle or when you're doing a sex challenge, you're having so much sex that you at some point in time have to talk about all the sex that you're having. And what's working and what's not working. And what's going on with my body and what's going on with his body. And so we started to figure out some patterns in my cycle throughout the month that lends me to being more receptive to oral sex at different times. Mm-hmm. But that's been a process. And it's not something that we could have accomplished if we didn't have so much sex. Mm-hmm. Oral and vaginal.
1: Right. And I think Elisa hit it on the head. Really... Seven days of sex challenge, I think, is always a great way to start things off. The bigger piece here is the intimacy lifestyle. We have figured we've been doing that for almost three years now. And, yep.
0: Is it three? It's or longer. Year. No,
1: Four? three. No, it's three. Mm, okay. Anyways, we figure we are having sex about 80 plus times a year. Yeah. So do the numbers alone you start to learn what you like and what you don't like Mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't work so the whole process of us working through the oral sex was because like Lisa said the 60 days of sex challenge seven days of sex and then intimacy lifestyle This has given us so much material, let's put it just in this way so much material Mm. to base what we're doing and Mm. what we like and what we don't like. And really, you know, if you look at a pro athlete, what do they do? They train. They train, they train, they train, they train. They get better, they get better, they get better, they get better. Right? That's what they do. You know, you want to run faster on a 5k what do you do you train your body Mm -hmm. you train to get better if you want to be if you want to have you know a heightened sexual experience with your spouse it's like training you got to learn certain things
0: and you also and i am going to put this in male female situation here because that's specifically what we're talking about but my guess is that if a wife's not interested she's had there are a couple of things that have gone on there she's had a bad experience like I did she's been taught
1: mm-hmm. that's another um, thing we
0: she's been taught that sex is bad, that you should you know never have sex you know I mean women get all these kinds of crazy messages up until the day we get married you know sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad you could get pregnant outside of marriage sex is bad sex is bad sex is bad and then you know, a ring goes onto our finger, we say I do, and suddenly sex is supposed to be this magically beautiful thing when we have to, you know, kind of erase all these other messages. So for some women, that's very hard.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: And so what I would say to the husbands out there is that if if this is an issue in your marriage, you're going to have to start working on the trust issues because until she trusts you enough to do something new sexually, she's not going there you know, we always say you never go farther than the most conservative spouse wants to go. So if she says no, guess what? The answer is no, don't push her just, you know, maybe next month, maybe at a different time of the month. That's where taking charge of your fertility helps because I know the week right after my period, I'm most receptive. Yeah. Just the way it goes. So, um, if you've got comments on that, I would love to hear, um, your thoughts. If, you're a wife who has worked through this challenge in your marriage and you would be willing to share your story anonymously, email me at askalisa at um, If there's something else that you found that has worked in your marriage, share that. You know, you can email me or you can even share it on our One Extraordinary Marriage uh, Facebook fan page. Because
1: yeah, you, you can message us there directly.
0: You can all, yeah, you can also message us. But there are couples all over the world that are dealing with this issue. Mm-hmm. And so if you've overcome it in a different way than we did,
1: please share,
0: share it. Cause your information is valuable mm-hmm. and you know, we respect your privacy. And so we will keep those responses anonymous. Um, but help others in this community. There's a lot that you can do to, to help somebody else's marriage.
1: Yeah. So keep those emails coming. You guys, we thank you for all you do. We love you. Have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you in two weeks.